0: And good morning, this is Bruno DiGiulio, and welcome to the Friday Podcast. Got a little something different and special for you after we go over a couple of of interesting notes about this weekend, and first of all, we're going to start out and talk about Santa Anita. I've had a lot of people write me and ask me, why don't you have a podcast on Santa Anita and what's happening? Well... Being on the East Coast, I sort of have a slanted opinion on what's going on, and I don't have all the facts. I will say that having been a Santa Anita boy for a long time, it's really tough to see that. Um, It broke my heart every time I saw a horse go down in my in my 25 years in California um, this is not new um, and it's just been compounded by a lot of different ways the only thing I will say anytime you involve PETA and you make them part of the process a part of the equation you're gonna lose and um, that's just my thought uh, the worst thing that could happen has happened and maybe now we can hit rock bottom and move up forward. So <clears throat> we're offering Santa Anita today. I'll be watching. Um, if you listen to my words very carefully, it's exactly uh, what I mean. I'll be watching. We put a product together. I'll leave that up to you um, on what. And then that's the way we kind of we kind of roll. We. We want you to make your own mind up. We want you to have your own opinion when it comes down to the races. And we'll give you the data. We'll give you the the, the exclusive info. And we'll see what happens. Check Twitter. I'll be making comments on what I'm seeing. Um, don't expect me to, to be bashing on anybody or... Uh, I will not do that. Um, there's no need to do that. You can be constructive about it. Uh, instead of the social media, I hit you over the head with a bat 10 times and then say, oops, I was wrong. Um, what we got in store for you today is it's dark right now uh, here at Palmetto's. We're going to have a break soon. And I am going to live but podcast what we do in the morning and that means you're going to get to hear me going through and identifying horses putting down marks giving you times trying to identify gallopers and joggers but we need to get some ground rules first i have to get some info out to you kind of get you up to speed first of all there is no list of horses that are going to work in the morning put out beforehand there never has been there never will trainers are not built that way they will hide anything and everything they can and that goes for their owners to their owners to the public even to clockers Sometimes you have to read between the lines what a trainer tells you. I always found it that if a trainer tells me how much he doesn't like the horse, I go and double down my wager. If a trainer tells me, oh, I wish I had one more work, I triple down my wager. So there is, they're they're better than politicians. So there is no list. The way we uh, analyze and identify horses is by markings. I have a dedicated person that handles all the markings. So, for example, right now we're working on the Keeneland uh, horses, at stable the Keeneland. So when I get there, I'll have spreadsheets when the horses work with actually the markings right on them and their color and their barn. So it makes it almost ABC or paint by numbers, clock by numbers, to be able to figure out who's who. So... That's what that's the one thing that a lot of people have a misconception about. They believe that we get all the names. Now, the clockers, the official clockers get the names. They get called in, which creates a problem in itself because then they don't have to look at the horse to identify the horse via the markings. So they don't get to know the horse. So they always have to rely. And this is most clockers. There's a lot of guys out there. I know a couple of guys, Brian Walls. gate from uh from Monmouth. Um, they work very hard in their craft that they actually have they know who they are donnie harris is another one so they do walk work very hard identifying horses and they get it a lot of guys want to pull the lazy route oh let me just ask who that is anybody that's worked for me that's listened to this podcast and has clocked with me in the morning I, I have a standing policy we do not ask who that is Horsemen that come up and clock with us will tell us who they are. Trust me on that. And if they don't tell me, I figure it out and I tell them the next day. So it's all about being able to put together a package of uh, a roster of the entire uh, barn that they have and be able to easily cherry pick horses that we see in the morning. So. Having said that, we're going to have trucks off soon. We're going to have horses working, uh, and let's see what happens. So just the other day, the other evening, I received an email uh, from that was labeled regarding workouts. And the email stated, do you have videos on all the works? I would be interested in buying all the videos because I only trust my eyes. I chuckled. Actually, LOL or LMAO. I left my tail off. Just felt like how arrogant does this human being have has to be or egotistical to think that he can just look at videos and know who's doing well and who's not There is a process in the morning and there's a process over the number of years you do this is that you learn to track you learn each individual track I treat Churchill and Keeneland completely different I treat Gulf Meadows and Saratoga completely different because of the logistics and where things are located Here at Palmetto's the gate is located up in the chute at the three-quarter pole. Actually, it's out of the six-and-a-half pole uh, on the back side. At Gulfstream, the gate is located at the chute on the front side. At Churchill, there's a little chute off the 316th pole where the horses come out of the gate and work in the morning down the stretch and out. So every different track has a different layout, different way you look at horses. Not all the same. Second of all, how trainers train. I may have a 50 from one barn, like a Chad Brown, who works everything in twos, like they're going to Noah's Ark or Bob Baffert, or Jimmy Jerkins, or Todd Pletcher, they all train differently. Here on the East Coast, everything gets a half a mile most most of the time. Guys like Pletcher and Brown get nothing but half miles, but yet their horses go five-eighths and not three-quarters, especially Pletcher. So times are misleading. In a lot of ways, turf works. You don't get those in California as much as you do at Saratoga, here at Palmettos Churchill Downs has a stakes horses that they they put on the grass on every Sunday. So, understanding each individual track and understanding also the little nuances of each individual training facility for example when you look at turf works here they're done at different levels and different rings of the turf course here at palberto's you're talking about one day the dogs can be at 12 feet which promotes fast time to and like right now they're about 48 48 feet out you get sometimes they'll put it out 90 plus feet out now that creates a different arc that these horses have to go and gallop through the go and go through the turn also that means the farther the dogs out the more turn there is for them so it really does play havoc on time so you can't compare a turf work this week with a turf work next week at the same time at the a week later because they're different set at different different rings different dog settings so then you get the one i'll never forget the story of steve Askin, you know putting a tweet out one morning how this george arnold horse might have been the best three-year-old he worked 59 on the turf when everybody was working 105 and i had to tweet back to him and say he worked he was the only horse to work along the rail everybody else was working around 90 feet uh wider on the turf of course I got no response because he ended up looking like a, a jackass um, surprise surprise um, yeah I just called him one um, so it, it's one of those situations that you kind of have to have a, a working knowledge of what these tracks are what these trainers do how they train and and what those times mean a minute flat here at Palm Meadows, it's 58 and 2 at Santa Anita. Track conditions. The track is probably the most important part of the whole equation and puzzle here in the morning. And understanding what you have in front of you goes to analyzing the works to its full extent. For example, this morning here at Palmetto's, we got a shower. This track thrives on having water in it. It's a very sandy track, like Gulf Stream. More water, the more firmer it is, easier to get a hold of. Less water, it becomes a sandy beach. Horses just can't get a hold of it. Just like you wouldn't be able to get a hold of a really sandy beach, walking across of it, without, I mean, even with shoes on, makes it even worse. A great sample of what? I'm talking about was on Monday. I was at Gulfstream for the breeze sale for the Florida facing Tipton uh, uh, Gulfstream sale, two-year-old training. And the track was rock hard. You could hear it. It was it was packed down pretty good underneath. The first set was really, you know, it was normal. Second set was okay, but as the third set came up and they don't go from hip one to hip 88 they're staggered so you don't know what you're getting in each set and by the time the third set came around it started getting warm the sun was beating down on the track water evaporated quickly out of it and all of a sudden it's a beach that third set was slower than the first two sets but if you're watching the video breeze place you don't know which set that horse went in um, so understanding and knowing what that track was for that third set is important there was a hip 95 a candy ride Colt that galloped out tremendous it was bought by Narvik uh, international I think for 450. He was one of the better horses in the sale. But because he worked 10-2, 22 and change, a lot of people didn't take him out going 34-2. and two. They, 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 they missed it. And they didn't look at the track as being different. On the other hand, track officials at facing Tipton realized that track was slowing down. Riders were giving them feedback. So what they did for the fourth set, they doubled the water and they made the trucks go slower. So all of a sudden, more water, was all over that track and it was lightning fast for the fourth set and you had a lot of high priced horses you know had a couple of nine and fours you had really fast works that people were like ooh you know the fourth set was the best set well yeah because it was done over a track they really got a hold of and finished so it's difference of you running along the water at the beach or in the middle of the beach where it's sandy and tough to get a hold of. Night and day. Little things like that you can't tell on video. Little, small pieces of exclusive info like that. You can't you can't see it. So being here in the morning and you watch a track, be really good for the first hour. And then all of a sudden, a wind kicks up, which usually does here at Palm Meadows. It, and especially if it's a warm wind coming from the east, this track becomes a beach. You can't compare an 8 o'clock work to a six thirty, seven o'clock work or a 7.30 work even. Completely night and day. So having that information makes you a well-rounded analyst of what you're seeing Instead of just seeing on a video and then saying, well, that horse didn't work good at all. He was, didn't look like he got a hold of the track. Well, duh, he was working on a track that was completely loose. So a big part of the the puzzle that we have to put together every morning is track condition, trainers intact, identifying what who the horses are. Catching the horses and seeing them do what they do. And that's easier said than done. Because they're all working. These horses are working. All at once. Not like they go one by one. That's another misconception. Oh, they just go one by one. No, they don't. They're pretty much breaking off from every pole, out of the gate, turning for home. And you're picking them up and you have to assume a position that you're just looking for how they're moving, how they're acting, who's the writer, what's the marks and where are they going? So you get criticism. I see it on social media. I see it in in seminars where some of the handicappers, tournament players, are criticizing workout analysts or workout reports. Yeah, they come out to the track with their coffee in their hand at 830, just rolling out of bed, and their eyes are like the size of silver dollars looking out there going, "Uh, and and the word out of how do you know who's who? Oh, hey, genius, I saw your seminar last week. I saw your podcast last month. You were knocking clockers for what they do. So when when you folks look at a workout report, don't tell me you know better. Some of you do that. One of the greatest stories where I had a guy come up to the to my Press Box one morning. Hey, Bruno, you know, you invited me to You invited us to come out here and spend the morning with you. Okay. I go outside right after the break. Four tractors are going off. And he looks at me and says, how could you miss Kona Gold last week? He worked 111. How could you miss him? And I just looked at him and said he worked at 430 in the morning. In the dark. Oh. The guy was ignorant. He thought he was cute by telling me, how could I miss Kona Gold that morning, the week before? And then after the break, I don't think my stopwatch stopped for over six minutes. So, it, it was... Well, you have 200 horses working within 20 minutes span. So, and I look over, and he is just looking down at the track with his mouth wide open, eyes the size of silver dollars. He had no clue. But yet, yeah, he had the gall to say to me, How could you have missed Kona gold? And. That's some of the things that really drive me nuts. If you're one of those guys, stop it. Because you couldn't pick one horse out out here in the morning. What we do. On the other side, most of you, you guys are dolls. You're great. You appreciate what we do. Win or lose. And... Maybe because you've had a little taste of it, or you've seen it, or you simply have to sit there and say, as a normal human being, I can't do that. I don't have the ability to do that, nor the time to do that, and I appreciate those who do. What is my toolkit in the morning? My toolkit. What do I need? to start off a stopwatch would help binoculars i get the perma focus ones that i can add automatically focus when i look away mine i think are 10 by 50s um a notebook uh i we don't i don't record and then because then you have to if you have four hours clocking in the morning like in saratoga or five You have five hours of tape to take off. That's a lot of tape. So I do everything shorthand. Um, I have notations for, for every kind of marking trainer. Uh, so everything is done shorthand on, on a notebook. I buy a tool notebook, T U L that has pages that you can fill in, take out, uh, Makes it, And plus I have a yellow pad that I can put little notes on there that I can transcribe later for other things. For such a strat condition or uh, if I see a galloper or something that uh, information that I need to write down aside from my notebook. You have seen pictures of my notebook before. Um, so I have that. I have a little desk that I can prop up anywhere. Like I, I have a desk, a little desk that goes into here on like the railing in the third floor. So I have my own little desk with my little chair. Um, when it gets really cold, to bring a blanket, you know. So my toolkit is basically uh, writing, writing instruments, something to write, a, a, a notebook that I use with all my with all my uh, notes in it, um, and just having my own makeshift office that I take with me when I go to the track. So I do have a toolkit that that I take everywhere I go. I also bring my food, my drinks, you know, for example, my, my coffee or my uh, my supplement drinks and stuff that I'm going to snack on. Because, like, for example, at Saratoga, we start at 5.30 in the morning. We don't end until almost 11 every morning. That's five and a half hours. I mean, you start having breakfast, and after that, you go for lunch. So so that's the toolkit that Racing with Bruno uses at the track. Another thing that people say is, uh, do you figure out who's going to work the next day, and that way you know? Well, yes. uh, The way we set up our spreadsheets, we can... And to, we can set up uh, training charts for every horse, so I could set up a training chart. But if you have got two hundred work, two hundred horse work tabs on on a given day, like I say, a Saturday, you could print it out, barn by barn, who you think is going to see it. But when you're out here, you can't read referring to your every time a horse works we're going and looking at your printed sheet because if you look down and you spend five minutes looking and figure out what that horse was 10 of them just went by you so you can't do that you can't automatically just pull up a sheet you know and say oh this was the horse you know you missed half the tab you missed half the tab doing that So that's another part of it that that a lot of people have the misconception is that you have time between works and you're going to hear it soon uh, as the tractors are on the on the first turn right now on the second time around. So they'll be off soon. And then today is going to be busy because yesterday we didn't have a whole lot. Tomorrow is going to be incredibly busy. But I thought today would be perfect uh, to talk about it and hearing it once we get after the break. You're going to hear me going through my natural routine of workouts after a break. And you'll understand why things are the way they are and how it's such a art and a science of what we do in the morning rather than, than what people think is, is so easy, you know, when they look at videos. Um. I'm a big proponent of watching movement. So when you're watching a video, you if you understand mechanics of a horse, that can be really helpful. But understanding the mechanics is the issue. Understanding why a horse joints rotate the way they do and what does it mean and how does that affect that horse. And, and, and what kind of class that horse has. You know, things like that. Things that... That most people, when they look at a horse, they can't tell. I love people that can't tell if a horse switches leads, but want to tell me how much they like the horse. All right, here we go now. As we promised, horses are out. I put out a couple pictures on, on, uh, on social media, and I'll have one attached there with the horses coming off the gap, ready for the break. It's like a cavalry charge. I already have a, a, a team, it looks like of uh, Oscar Gonzalez OMG, that's already set to go three-eighths of a mile. I've got uh, a number of horses just came up underneath. They need probably going to the gate or about ready to work, including a Stuart Simon who's got both fronts under. That means they're white underneath the ankle around the coronet band. I've got this OMG team I just picked up from the three eighths—they're working three eighths of a mile. The darker bay on the—the uh, the bay on the inside has got a star and a strip down that shows up underneath the blinkers. And the horse on the outside has got both hind ankles over 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 the ankles white. And uh, they're going to go three eighths of a mile. I don't have anything out of the gate yet. I will uh, probably shortly as they get. Uh, horses come up through the back area, 36 and two on that Oscar Gonzalez team. The inside was a little bit better, looked a little bit more seasoned, and they're going to gallop out past the wire, finish out past the wire in about 49 flat. So we've just noted that the inside horse going a little bit better on the gallop out. He's going to gallop up 5/8 as most of the OMGs do. Uh you galloped out five eighths all the way out to the seven eighths ball in one oh three. As all the horses are getting ready, what I do is I get my binoculars and I make sure that I have the right horse on the gallop out being in front. Yes, that was the one with the star with the tail down below the blinkers. That gave me an uh that gives me an idea who that is. The other one just had both hinds and blinkers as well. Alright, so now As we get that going and everybody else is getting ready to to move our Stuart simon that we noted that had that went by us with the star bay had both fronts under around the coronet band just went off from the five eights and we picked them up we only went the first eighth and eleven and four and uh let's see we have anything else i haven't had anything from the gate so far which is kind of interesting our Stuart Simon is the Canadian outfit. Uh, 23 and three is the first quarter. We're going to have another. We're going to have a half that's about ready to go off now uh, from the pole, uh, and we're picking it up now. So now we have two horses on our stopwatch. I have this team at the uh, this single at the half on a 36-4 split. I've got. The Stuart Simon who smoothly switched leads in front of me at the 316th. He's went 47-4, and four. a very nice work so far for Stuart Simon, gearing him down a little late. My horse from the half just went 18, it's uh, a 24 flat, minute two on the Stuart Simon, and a very nice work, and I put a check mark on that. This is bolt script that I had from the half also for uh Stuart simon it's the gray that ran against uh that jose ortiz had been working i liked it a lot went 37 and one here 24 37 and one um and it's going to finish to the wire pretty much on its own she's a nice village she might be running at the keeneland next week uh had 49 1 12 flat last eight And it's gonna gallop out in 102-1. Uh, so very nice, easy move for uh, uh, for Bolt Script right behind the other Stewart Simon stablemate. I've got a Catherine Day Phillips that I just picked up at the ch- as a chestnut, and I just picked it up at at the eighth ball. And here's a Chad Brown team of a chestnut stripped down with a dark gray working, uh, to, uh, popping off. And I got another horse at the half-mile pole on a 15-3 split. I've got the uh, the Chad Browns finishing down the wire. I also have a Josie Garrell Bay, no marks, that I'm going to pick up at the wire. I'm going to give it a 26-1. 25-4 on, on the last quarter for the, uh, for the Chad Brown team. As I have a Wilkes that's rounding the turn that I picked up from the half. The Chad Brown team goes out four 40 I'll have to give you a split on that that split on them was 14 uh, I'd have to pull it it's a cassie actually I have a cassie here that's finishing up I had them from the half on a 15 3 split that's a 53 16 that's 37 and 2 from the 15 3 to 53. 53- split that i had it from the half since i'm splitting horses off to catch them all 106-1 which means that is a 50 and 3 for the darker bay star cassie that just worked uh josie carroll was going easy that i was a chad brown team i've got another chad brown team with a star bay on the inside with a bay no marks on the outside and i'm going to pick that up for the last quarter i'm not sure if this darker bay huff team just came out of the gate a darker bay and a bay. They went five 8s Yeah, it is a gate, and they both finished on their own. And I've got the Chad Brown team going out past the wire. In a typical Chad Brown, uh, they just finished together all the way around. I like the gallop out on 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 the two Stanley Huffs out of the gate. Uh, the darker bay was on the inside. Looked like he was just slightly in front, but it was pretty pretty even gate drill there. I would say probably about a one one and two, but we'll have to see the tab. Here, I got another half team going off, This another Chad Brown team, uh, and I don't have anything else going right now. That's the only team I have. Mm-hmm. I was able to get that as I cleared my watch. So just in this moment alone, we've actually caught about 15 horses for you to give you a flavor of what, what actually we do. And uh, somebody mentioned it once. It sounds like the cockpit in an airplane dogfight in world war Two, i got a dark bay no marks with a star with a big grand snip on the nose that might be uh bannon woods on the outside maybe uh 39 three really slow move here for for chad which is kind of common for him he's not a guy that that makes him you know really work fast and you can't you can't look at it you can't look his horses and insane. It's fast. 52-4. That wasn't Bandon Woods. It's a big dark bay. No marks. But it looked like a turf force, Not really handling uh, the main track. They're going to go out 5 in, uh in 105-1. I've got a gate. that went off kind of rather slow out of the gate. Going like a 13 and change. Got a Kelly Breen dark bay. No marks inside of a star bay. That just turned for home. I'll pick them up to finish up uh pretty quick move there it might have been might that might be adjacent service that went off at the three-quarter pole uh so let's see here 23 12 and 4 on the kelly breen last eighth of a mile that was probably adjacent service i've got a cassie with the big cutout strip on its face kind of a button hook up on top with a blaze bay uh I think I know this horse. I think it's uh, Kitten's Joy that that we saw as a two-year-old last year. Uh, finished pretty well on its own, easy late. New horse here for Cassie. It caught the eye here. As we have a little bit of a wind that's kind of crossing here for, uh, uh, and and it can rack a little havoc. Here's a toner that that we just picked up. Uh, small star bay. Uh, looks like one of his turf horses on the dirt here. Uh, there's no turf works today, so, uh, we can, uh, some of this, these dirt horse, these dirt works are for, uh, turf horses as well. <clears throat> and finished up in about 25 and two for the final quarter for toner in hand. Uh, let's see. I'm going to pick up a half. I got a half and it, uh, uh big bright orange could be Jimmy, uh, uh, John Kimmel. We'll have to wait and see the, the, um, the Stanley Huff was a gray. That's a new horse out of the gate. Just came by me on the gallop out. It's a dark gray. Uh, so that's a new face for him. And the other bay had a star stripped down for Huff. Looks like a rider was on there. And actually, it's a chestnut for Huff. So there's how you get your marks on that. Here I got a Ralph Nix, not a uh, Kimmel. Ralph Nix, star and a snip, uh, not sure if that would be graceful princess, but 37 and three on that one for the first three eighths to the eighth pole. We'll pick it up going towards the wire, and all of that stuff we just uh, did a shorthand. It went 50 and four for Ralph Nixon, an easy move. I got picked up here, Chestnut Star for Albert Trani. Uh Doesn't have any feet. Um, we just got the last quarter of it and And he usually gears down his horses late. you don't see a whole lot from albatroni uh and the horse went in twenty six and three for the last quarter just did it easy kind of let it let it finish along but uh he's just he's one that you have to understand how he trains to actually get a good handle on it so well that hopefully that gave you a little bit of a flavor of what we do. You can find all our workout reports at RacingWithBruno.com. and we have our cheat sheet with our delta figures and uh, the, the best works, and then we have the full workout report right behind it. And I'm really looking forward to getting uh, to doing the finishing up this Florida Derby. I put in 150-something works yesterday. I've got a few horses that I already like a lot. So it's something that we can uh, sink our teeth in this weekend, plus the mandatory uh, pick six payout, uh, uh, rainbow pick six payout that they offer. And uh, and just in the in the last 10, 12 minutes, we picked up over 20 horses here, uh, and I don't think we missed very much at all. Uh, and we'll be using those horses, hopefully at Keeneland. There's quite a few that work today that are going to run a Keeneland. Bolt script would be one of them. And I uh, want to find out who that Stuart Simon that was in front of it that went a minute too. So just to give you an insight. I've enjoyed doing it for you. Um, if it sounded confusing, I got it handled. Have a great day.